Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Overton, who's suddenly Seymour with me tonight. <laughs> Tiffany Overton. <laughs> Hello. I, I am Joe Butler, and I have magically arrived on my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bill Tucker of A Gamer Looks at 40. And listen, Michael, just because you put a strange and interesting podcast in the window doesn't mean that it'll bring customers. <laughs> Excuse me, but I couldn't help but notice that strange and interesting podcast in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that worked. Did you find I know. Because <laughs> this podcast definitely could fall on the strange and interesting, I think. Yeah. Definitely the strange. Depending on who's on it, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Oh, there's some episodes I can think of. Are... <laughs> yes, there's a few. So we are here to talk about an episode that you picked out, Tiffany. Do you want to introduce what we're talking about? We are talking about Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, horrors. Did I do it to you? <laughs> now no, you say it wrong. Awesome. <laughs> now we say horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Little Shop of Sluts. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is say, one of my yeah. favorite movies, and I know every song. And I just absolutely love this movie. <laughs> Came out in 86 and directed by Frank Oz, Mr. Yoda himself. The great Frank Oz. The great. The great Frank Oz. Never, never undersell Frank Oz and how, how good he is at, at what he does. Frank Oz is amazing. A national treasure, I would say. <laughs> and he's dead, isn't he? No, he's still kicking. Oh, he's still alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was dead for some reason. <laughs> Miss Fozzie Bear himself is still alive and doing his thing. <laughs> So as I like to do every year, I always have Tiffany pick out a movie around her birthday. Hopefully you'll be hearing this in February, as long as I can, depending on the weather and me getting this edited in time. <laughs> you should, if I can get it done by Thursday. Today well, is I Tuesday. I wanted to record this in October yeah, yeah. when HBO had it on there for free because it was a Halloween month. And apparently this is a scary movie. So I This is a horror movie. There, <laughs> there has to be some law where you cannot charge money for a movie that's like been made before the 90s ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah disney wouldn't like if you said that no <laughs> i i had to spend four dollars we uh, we could not find the uh, dvd copy that's Neither rattling some around i couldn't find it you know what it is disney or whoever owns this dumb movie now is is going into people's homes and removing physical media <laughs> this is the second movie in a row where i couldn't find the dvd and i had to spend four dollars on what? Amazon Prime. The Warner Brothers owns this, so this could have been on yeah. HBO Max. What? It's not on HBO Max. Because oh. HBO Max is going through the phase right now where anything they own, they don't want to put on HBO Max. They don't want to pay royalties. So they're like, eh, we'll just keep your $15 a month and not give you anything content kind of idea. They had it on. But you went, and then suddenly you're like, I got to do all this in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't remember. You don't, don't remember. These are not the memories you're yes. looking for. <laughs> I haven't. So I've seen this movie a few times. Uh, this is one of the early movies that me and Tiff watched here when we first met, and I, I know I saw it before then. But yeah, no, it's going along with you were saying, Bill. Yeah, we couldn't find our our copy either, which I thought was kind of funny. I had to pay four bucks also on Amazon. <laughs> I was. What about you, Joe? I paid four dollars. I don't really own movies because I'm weirdo. But uh, <laughs> I it, this this movie has like the weird the consistency of I've seen this movie. Do I remember when? No, probably some point during high school. Who knows? Same, same for me. I, I, I watched, I went into it like, I know I've seen this movie. And then I started watching. I'm like, have I seen this movie? 
I think I would remember the I think I would remember the uh doo-wop babu soundtrack, which is something I don't love from that era <laughs> at all. The shoe uh, girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah this whole era had like that grease kind of thing. Everything was <laughs> homaging to the 50s, Bama Lamba Ding Dong. No. No. But this is a great soundtrack. This is excellent. And uh, we will talk about it. But yeah, you know, I, I watched it last night or two nights ago because I thought we were recording last night. Oops. I'm sitting here already with my microphone and headphones on. and We were supposed to. And I was like, wait a minute. And I look at the thing. I was like, no, tomorrow. I anyway, was I, so, so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good. But anyway, I, so yeah, I, I think I might have, but I'm glad I saw it now. And uh, I have to ask here. I don't know if I should ask here later. Did, did we watch the theatrical or director's cut? I Whatever know. Amazon gave us. It was both on there. Both, oh. I think, there. I think I used... I'm pr- pretty sure theatrical for us. I didn't know there's I, I watched I watched it on YouTube and I'm like 90% sure about the director's cut because whenever I looked up free versions that are an awful quality, there's a 10 minute version and a 30 minute version and YouTube yeah. has a 30 minute version. Yeah. So this we could probably save this for the ending, but this movie is very famously very expensive to make and has the most expensive set of del- deleted scenes in history. Oh. This this the theatrical version of this movie uh, well, the original, so Little Shop of Horrors was a Roger Corman movie in like 1960s. It was one of Jack Nicholson's first roles. And the movie was adapted to a Broadway show, to a Broadway musical, hence all the music. And then it was again adapted to a new movie in 1986. I don't know how much this movie cost, but the original ending, the ending of the movie you see in theaters is completely different than the theater, or sorry, yeah, the musical experience. At the oh. end of this movie, everything ends, ha- ends happily ever after. The real ending is Audrey and Seymour both get eaten and the plants take over the world. <laughs> and it's if you watch them on because I got into a rabbit hole at 1230 <laughs> at night, as I do whenever I watch something for this show, watching documentaries and stuff. And evidently the real ending that was filmed and made cost about seven million dollars. Damn. And then, and then when they, they didn't do it? When, well, they screened it for audiences, like an audience screening, and they hated it. I believe as that. Soo- as soon as Audrey dies, because she does die in the original cut, they completely checked out and said they would not recommend it to anybody. So Warner Brothers said, you better reshoot this ending or we're not releasing the film. So they got everyone back. They cut the actors all back, except for one of the doo-wop girls who was unavailable. So they just shot her feet. And then the other two, <laughs> and stitched together this ending. So it's funny if you watch the original movie in theaters, the ending feels very rushed. And that was the first thing I thought. I was like, wow, this is a very rushed ending. We kind of got to there. That's why, <laughs> because this thing was filmed and created it, month, well, months, but well after the original cut. So when the when they showed the theatrical cut, which is now the theatrical, the audience approval went through the roof. They're like, oh, 80% would recommend this. And Warner Brothers said, this is what you're running with. And the original ending was almost lost. Building burnt down. This person <laughs> threw it away. And they finally found it. And now you can watch the actual director's cut, which is, I think, 25 minutes longer. Oh it includes a dream sequence and oh other things. But the real meat potatoes is this 11-minute ending where Audrey, after getting chomped up by the, by the plant, or the alien plant, She's pulled out, but she dies in this very dramatic sequence in the back alley with Seymour. Seymour then attempts to – goes up to the top of a building to jump off, but the marketing guy comes up and says, hey, we want to market your plant. It's not Jim Belushi. He was brought in last minute to film – to shoot the the theatrical ending. He goes down, and he gets eaten. He loses to the plant, 
And then the little plants that the salesman was hawking, they get sold all over the country. And that's how they take over the world. And these final special effects is incredible. I mean, the final the final 10 minutes of this movie, when it gets to the point where the where they're taking over, it goes on forever. But it's a really impressive bit of, again, uh, small models and special effects. It's huh. wonderful. And we missed it. Well, now, we know, I, now we know we're going to go look for it. Yeah, yeah it's really worthwhile checking out. It's on YouTube. You can find it. You don't have to rent the uh, the director's cut, which was from 2012. But you, I, I told my wife about this. I'm like, oh, Jane, did you know that there was a director's cut with a different ending? And as soon as I said the word end, she goes, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> If anything bad happens to Audrey or Seymour, I don't want to hear it. I don't want you to tell me. So then I look it up and I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's actually fine. Don't it's worry good. Good. about it. Happy it's ever after fine. all over again. It's okay. Now you just ruined my favorite movie. Wait to go. Yeah, That's she, it. You're fired. Get off this podcast. <laughs> she too loves this movie. And, and uh, she's just like, I don't want to hear it. Because and it makes sense because you love these characters so much. It's really a bit of a dick move to to kill them both and then let the the plants win. Although it does lend itself to an incredible sequence of again special effects and and all that sort of thing. So I'm very curious now because that that sounds really interesting. It's good. I don't it's know if true. I like the. I think I might like the director's cut better because again it just adds on a sad, very funny note. And uh, you know me, I'm just a depressing human being, so that really just flies <laughs> okay. into my wheelhouse. And uh, yeah. That's just me. So yeah, that's the provenance of the film. So we all watched the, probably the theatrical. Just did you did you see the ending where the plants take over? No, but I distinctly remember hearing about that ending like a while back. Maybe I could have seen it back in the day, but I didn't remember it yeah. entirely. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very interesting the whole the whole story of Little Shop of Horrors and how it was developed is a, a fascinating story. There's a bunch of documentaries out there on YouTube. I recommend uh, checking it out. But uh, it's an interesting story to seek out. It was extremely expensive. I think they said something that the year it was released, the ending that they scrapped cost more money than the best picture winner. Like in total, like that, <laughs> like whoever won best picture that year cost less than $7 million to make. Like it was that kind of thing. This they just had 25 to... million to make. Okay. Okay. So 25, which is expensive. That's 1986 That's dollars. That's not. Yeah. And for a That's musical. A yeah, it's just a musical. With I mean, because this movie, the box office was thirty nine million, so it did not make a profit. So, this, like besides the um, the plant, there's not that many special effects. No, there really isn't. I mean, all the plant sets are made, all the sets are made up. Nothing is shot on, like, on a location. It's all done. Yeah, and you um, on a set on a soundstage. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's all on a soundstage. It's a really interesting movie, but this is a very, very good, fun movie. As as eighties musicals go, I do have a soft spot in my heart for musicals. <laughs> I don't I don't love this era of musical because again, it's, it seems like they're all again fifties uh, shoe bop and wobble wops, whatever. And oh yes, as, as far as that goes, so this takes like, I don't place like in the sixties. Called it. Does it? Well, I, I knew it was sixty. I knew it was sixty one to sixty three because they mentioned President Kennedy, and you uh, only got a couple years where you can say President Kennedy. So fair. Great point. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like. Well, I'm kind of skimming Broadcast through the, something about that. I'm skimming through like the alternate ending and like, yeah, I can see why people were mad about this. It goes on for a hot minute of just the plant destroying the earth. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a bunch of plants destroying the earth. And the problem is, is that the theatrical ending feels very tacked on. I even said that before I knew about this it whole does. eleven minute thing. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, this movie just ends. He picks up the live wire, plugs it into the plant, and then it explodes. <laughs> and then and I'm like, explode okay, and, and that's and then it just ends. Like, movie ends. <laughs> and then I see the, the the original cut with the original ending, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But oh my god, this is taking forever. Could we please get it? Please stop with the with the wankery of your special effects, Frank Oz. We get it. You're good. Move on. You were Yoda. We had to get it. But uh, so, so neither one is really all that super satisfying. Is the point? Uh, but there are some really cool effects. There's a there's a point where a train is going along a train track and it goes right into the mouth of one of the plants. It's like sitting there. It's like oh, ready to eat it. Something really good beats in it. So. Yeah, I gotta see this after we record. After we get done it's with cool. this, cool. It's yeah. worth checking out. Yes, you do. Yeah, you want to see Audrey die? You want to see him go? Actually, Seema, Seema. I'm okay Sima. with because I, I mean, I like Seymour to a degree, but I'm okay with both of them get eaten by the plant. Okay, yeah. I like the plant. Poor Audrey, she gets beat by her boyfriend, and now she gets eaten by a plant. She just can't catch a break. No. She really can't. She really can't. <laughs> <She> really. <laughs> What is so, I mean, the one thing about this movie, too, is it comes out early on with Mick, because Rick Moranis was still acting. I mean, he's in like four movies a year at this point. He was in Ghostbusters like a year before this or two years before this. And then Ghostbusters 2 a couple years later. Yeah, he had all those movies. Like he had a lot of movies at this time. I was going to say, yeah, he, he was the same thing. He's a big actor. But then, you know, the, a lot of people don't know what happened to him about how his wife getting cancer. And he decided to use which, to be fair, is a smart thing to do. He used all of his money to take care of his kids until they got old enough. So, I mean, yeah. And he was on top of the world. He was a big deal actor. And he, like you said, Joe, he decided to sacrifice it all for, for his wife and kids and, you know, honorable can't, can't blame the guy. And at that point he probably made more money than he'd ever really need. You know, he's in mm-hmm. some of the biggest movies of the eighties <laughs> and, yeah, and decides to hang it up. It's a really sad story, but you know, I, I very respectable. Yeah. I get that completely why he did that. But yeah, he, he it's, just, it's cool. Like, you know, going back to, he's the main actor in this and then you have a lot of, you know, just other guest actors. Was that the thing of the 80 movies just bringing guest actors all the time? Well, like Ellie, for small scenes. The the lady who plays Audrey. Well, I, I can't say Audrey. I say Audrey because I, I used to know an Audra <laughs> from Staten Island when I was in college. Good old Audra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ellen Green, she's the original Audrey on the musical for the play. So they actually offered the role to a lot of people. Sidney uh, Lauper being one person who denied it. Uh, Barbara Streisand was asked to play it she said no or she was committed so then they're like let's get the original audrey to do it ellen green and sure enough they did and she's perfect because she is she's perfect she's the perfect audrey she i I cannot imagine anybody else playing that role she uh she puts on a voice right pretty sure yeah i i poured i I sure hope that poor lady doesn't walk around (laughs) talking like that (laughs) you can hear like when she sings when she doesn't suddenly see more all of a sudden she just belts out a different (laughs) her voice completely changes like yeah it's got to be a a voice for the movie just the way that she's acting for the character because the character supposed to be very meek yeah poor rick moran is just trying to try to keep kind of trying to keep pace with this amazing (laughs) broadway singer actress you know who's just belting out yeah Rick Moranis, he's an okay singer, but then you have her just belting it out, and he's like, "Suddenly, see more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and I'm—I'm not a big fan of musicals, but like this one, this works. And there's like music constantly in this movie. You go from one song to you'll have like a small beat of stuff happening, another song, another small beat, a song, a song. So many like 
it was almost especially in the first half of the movie they're constantly having music uh yeah it's it's definitely framed like a broadway musical which is what it is so it's uh and the soundtrack by and large is really great uh i think there's i have some songs i like more than others but by and large they're they're awesome and we'll probably go through the different songs as they come up because kind of have to. Yeah. It is a musical. We've got to talk about the music uh, if you're discussing this movie at all. <laughs> I was going to say, I, went, yeah, I wonder if they fixed the uh, I wonder if they fixed a lot of the stuff in the, like, the newer plays now, because this is still technically on Broadway, isn't it? It might be. I can. I have the power. I've said it a hundred times. I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> I, have the power. <laughs> I can type and talk. I, 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 I can't imagine it at least being off-Broadway. And I think the original production was off-Broadway, which... If you're not aware, you have your big Broadway musicals and off Broadway are kind of like the other streets, like 46th Street, 47th. You know, they'll have like these theaters and they're pretty good sometimes and sometimes they're terrible. But this played <laughs> off Broadway for a while. <clears throat> Talk amongst yourselves while I look this up. <laughs> well, one thing oh, yeah. about this movie that I also really enjoy is the the duet girls in the beginning throughout the whole movie, how they keep changing costumes and <laughs> like they're just there. They're mostly singing, but then they're also like just people in the town. They're just like different characters. I like them as the street urchins. I think that's like my favorite. Oh, better ourselves. No. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a can exclamation for what they are. What's that? They're muses. There's three of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't catch okay. that. Oh, one, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're completely that. There, there's like in like uh, articles and stuff too, because I went through that a trivia fact. Because I remember there being an end, alternate uh, ending. So I was looking through a bunch of the facts and stuff and. I think even maybe the credits refers to them as Greek muses. So that's what they are. That's why no one can see them, and that's why they sing. Interesting. That's really cool. Oh, that adds more to cool. this movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I do like how this movie constantly transitions to a different, you know, it, but it does, it does tell a very good, you know, a little story the way it's going, and, like, you know, it, it just works. Like, you know, in the beginning, I think you're introduced to Rick Moranis' character, and you get a little bit of background, like, where they're at and how the guy, you know, has no business. <laughs> And there's like, you're like, I'm going to close up the shop. But he has two employees, but he doesn't get any business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, well. Audrey's late all the time anyways, because she's, you know. And Rick Moranis, I'm pretty sure, might be like a slave, because he, you know. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he gets paid, to be honest with you. I don't think he does. Yeah, he, uh, he lives in the basement, surrounded by plants. He's happy. <laughs> The first, I think the first major song, other than, of course, the introduction of Little Shop of Horror song, which is so infectious. It's been in my head, Mike Alberton, for two days. <laughs> this damn song. Little Shop. Oh, and now everyone else has it, too. All your audience has it now. The first song is Skid Row, which I think uh, is the first song. That's a good which, is, song. which is great. That's one of my favorites of the whole of the whole whole thing. This, uh, and, this, yeah. I was going to say that that song hits weird just because I work downtown and downtown as of right now is a mixture of being completely awful and also completely being re-suburbanized. Yeah. Isn't that always strange how that happens? The gentrification. Everyone's like, oh, man, I live in Austin, Texas. Of course, this is the hot topic where Austin is desperately trying to hold on to its keep Austin weird, you know, vibe. Ooh. When it's just not anymore. It's it's just Dallas South. Let's be honest. Just a tech town like any other <laughs> oh, tech town. Say- Oh, uh, Dallas. Austin has lost its 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 weirdness. It's gone. Forget it. It's over. Forget it. And uh, we're they're still trying to hold on to that. Every year, an article comes out. Austin's losing its weird. Yes, yes. You keep building skyscrapers and high rises and pushing all the old things away. That's that's what that that's what happens. <laughs> but there's always a piece of it where it's like, oh, I miss all the old stuff. But then you're like, yeah, but the old stuff kind of sucked. It wasn't good. That's why it's old and no one went there because it kind of sucked. So. 
Austin's it is still you know if you're if you're familiar with the Austin area, Austin still has a a, a slightly beating heart of weird, but it's slowly getting crushed out by Elon Musk and his just uh, reign of terror <laughs> and awfulness. So is is that where he's located at? Yeah, evidently. Yeah, oh, he's, he's here. He's, oh, he's here so now. Is that where yeah, Twitter is? Here. No, it's where well, it's where uh, Tesla the big there's a giant Tesla. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. They uh, dropped in here from Jupiter, whatever the hell he's from. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Africa, actually. Emerald mines in Africa, but <laughs> I, I like Jupiter better. Yeah, <laughs> Jupiter makes more sense to be honest. The way that guy's weird, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was him. I know. Oh, but uh, no, Skid Row is also a real place in. I mean, this movie's supposed to take place in New York, but Skid Row is a place in downtown Los Angeles, which yes. I did not know until yep. I watched a documentary about Cecil Hotel. Yep. My. So. My wife asked about this. She's like, "Does this uh, is this shot in L.A. because Skid Row is is L.A.?" I'm like, "Yeah, it don't look like L.A. It looks like any any gross city USA." And clearly, yeah. that's kind of what it was. Though it does have some New York kind of steeze yeah, to it. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be New York, New York or Chicago. I pegged it for. Yeah, because yeah. of the way the trams the tram system is like where they catch the train above. That's a New York or Chicago thing for sure. I mean, maybe L.A. has it too. I don't know. I've never been to L.A. or New York, but I don't I know think Chicago has it. Oh, well, D.C. has uh, their metro is underground. So yeah, it's pretty common. But yeah, I think even just the style of the streets, that kind of cobblestone brick streets that was very common in New York of that era. And I, I don't know about Chicago, but I do know New York has, still has some streets that are cobblestone like that. For no other reason than it's cool. <laughs> For no other reason. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah the, now I got the, Skid Row in my head. I don't okay. like Skid Row song. <laughs> I love that song. The lady, the bake, I'm going to call her the bake lady that just belts it out like in the middle of the alley. That's like my favorite part. Oh, yes. She's great. <laughs> One of the things I like about this movie, too, is I feel like this is uh, obviously being a late, late 80s, early 90s movie. I always feel like people should watch a movie like this because it shows what a timely era we used to live in. Because a lot of people don't think of downtown being gross or being paid. <laughs> being paid like three dollars a day because i think what is he what is someone offer to buy plants for like was it like two dozen or two dozen for a hundred dollars a hundred dollars yeah, like, a lot too <laughs> he bought more than two dozen he bought a he i was think like, do you have, yeah do you i'll buy fifty dollars worth do you have change well then i'll just buy you know double i'm like how many like <laughs> how many dozen is that it's so silly and heightened. We'll get to that scene as as the as the the meteoric rise of the uh, of his career <laughs> yeah. and the and the and the shop. I, I love how that. And again, that's again very very Broadway, very musical, very. <laughs> we have a limited amount of time on a lot of songs, so let's kind of get through it. Another <laughs> thing too, I, I my my wife immediately recognized. I didn't. Uh, Tisha Campbell is one of the sisters. She was from Martin and a bunch of uh, other two, stuff. Two of them were from Martin. Okay, uh, was the, who was the other one? But also, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, downtown's really... Downtown used to be the shitty area, and you could pay people. You can not or pay people by living in your basement and stuff like that. And just... It's a timely era. And one thing also... Bill answered it before I got a chance to ask him. We all watched this with our significant other. And I think it's a good couple and, weirdly enough, Valentine's Day movie. Yes, certainly. <laughs> I think that's great. Yes. With this current... With the current ending, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the original ending, maybe not so much. Then it definitely yeah. is more of a little shop of horrors. Well, I get kind of it's kind of more on on theme. I it's yeah, we watched it together and we I really enjoyed it and, and Jamie enjoyed it as well. And it was cool to watch it with somebody who's seen it a hundred times and 
and knows it very well. And for me, it was like, oh, I think I saw this for the first time. But yeah, it's, that's uh, how it was it's for me too. Someone kept yeah. singing and, and saying the lines next to me. So, oh my. My husband loved this movie too. So yeah, it's all cool. All three of us had experience. Awesome. Perfect. That's, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I just found it funny too, like where like he has no business at all. And then all of a sudden, like the whole idea, like put the strange plant in the window. And he, so peculiar. <laughs> and then Kais is walking. Strange and unusual. It's funny though. I'll it, take a dozen roses. And it's just in a coffee can at first because he doesn't know that he doesn't have any money. He's like, just, or he couldn't, apparently he couldn't get any pots from upstairs. He's only allowed to use a coffee can. He broke them all, remember? Oh, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> In the beginning, he stumbles around. Oh, oh, Rick Moranis doing Rick Moranis things, just stumbling around, bumbling, looking nebbish, and breaking pots. That's what he was doing. He was I love him. Like that I'll have Oscars, so. Right. so, Bill, do you think do you think he had salmon from Norway shipped in? <laughs> I was going to try. I really was going to try, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I have it in me today, to be honest. It's been a while since I saw it, but I know I have a cut of that when you did that Rick Miranda's voice in, in, in on the computer. But I actually was thinking about it. I'm like, do I have time today to kind of work on that a little bit? Like do a little Rick Moranis? But I'm like, no, I don't. I, just don't, have no. I don't have it in me today. It'll sound, it'll sound ridiculous. So just listen to the Ghostbusters episode where he talks about, you know, it's too sad. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't do it. I don't have it. In I can't do it. I don't have I don't, it in it's me. Been too long. <laughs> it's been too many. It's been two years since we did that episode, or something, or getting close to that. I wasn't invited to that one. No, you weren't. So that was rude. <laughs> you were on too. That's what counts, right? Whatever. <laughs> Rick, Rick Moranis orders salmon on way. So this is so in Ghostbusters. In Ghostbusters, the character that Rick Moranis plays. Oh, what's the name of the character? Come on, Ghostbusters fiends. I don't, I don't remember. I don't ever either. Not Lewis. 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 Right. Lewis. 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 Lewis, Lewis Tully, I want to say. Okay, he plays Lewis, and Lewis is always trying to. He's just like the little nebbish character. Hey, hey, sir, and I'm gonna. Uh, so he has this like. So he has this dinner party. Let me do this now. He has like a dinner party. He's walking around, and all he <laughs> likes to do is talk about you know his accounting business. Like he's one of those people that's constantly talking about himself when he seems like he's talking about other people. So hey guys, you having? Are you having a nice time at the party? Yeah, seven I have was twenty five dollars a pound usually, but I got it for twelve dollars because I know the guy downtown who takes care of me for me, and I'll make sure you tried the caviar as well. You know, it's really delicious. And, and he just goes on and on. And the beautiful thing about Rick Moranis in that movie is he never stops. He never stops for a breath. He really doesn't. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And he, even as he's running from the demons, oh hi there, horse. How are you? It was good. He just goes on and on. And I wonder how much was ad lib by him. Of course, the Gorney Weaver. Of course, the Gorney Weaver. I gotta, I gotta go, Lewis. Okay, bye, Lewis. Bye. If you're sure you now, we'll stop by afterwards. I know you're, but we're partying here for a little while. You know, we have some. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, okay, I haven't I'll see seen. You later. <laughs> I, I swear all that had to be ad lib. They're home with a lot of that. Oh, it's great. Well, him in this movie, he he is he is not that. He but he no. still has that era of just real Rick Moranis is extremely endearing. Not because he's a dorky dude, although he plays like dorky dad or dorky guy usually. He's kind of playing to type. He just has this real affable way about him. He's just a likable guy. Uh, and I and that really plays well into this character who is a bit of a schmuck. Who kind of just goes with it, uh, but he's a good-hearted schmuck. And yeah, well, and, I mean, a lot of it is the idea that you know he grew up as an orphan, he's poor, and even as the store is you know doing really good because of him, he's not seen any of it. Uh, you know, he's not getting more money, which makes sense. This is what <laughs> money he don't get money. So he must get enough to buy the plant. <laughs> yeah. So that that means that Rick Rick Moranis was the original Michael Sarah of his generation. <laughs> Yes, but okay. Michael Sarah never never reached the level. 
Michael Sarah, we always kept that. We kept Michael Sarah at an arm's distance. He's <laughs> one of the best movies ever made. Come on now. Even still, but you can't say he's charming. <laughs> yeah. You can't say he's charming in Scott Pilgrim. He's, he's no, the he's worst. An asshole. He's a There's terrible character movies. in that movie. There's other movies he's charming. He's charming in Juno. You know, he's he supportive. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I like that movie. Yeah. He just has a very smackable head. I just want to like. I think it's sometime on, early out on of it. <laughs> when you have them explain, like when Rick Moranis explains or Seymour explains how he found the plant. He's like, I was walking down the street. When I know. Something like that. <laughs> I, I felt really uncomfortable with, with the uh, with the Asian American stereotype. Oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> I felt really uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm, I thought he I'm, was going to sell him a Mogwai. Like, are we going to get him again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how, you know, the plant wasn't, he's like, here, I want to buy this plant. He's like, sure. I mean, he, you could, like, that look in the guy's face. Guy. You could tell he had no idea where this came from. Like, sure, I'll sell it to you. Okay. <laughs> Bought him for a buck ninety nine. It's <laughs> It's like yeah, I, I, I know. Well, I just, 60, I was 61. I was watching it and I was kind of like, I, I like, I, I don't, don't get annoyed, Bill. Don't, don't get, don't become you and just sit there and complain. It, it, take it for what it is. Fine. And it's fine. But I had that moment where I was like, oh no, something to complain about. I'm having a good time. <laughs> but yeah. A buck 99 would be like, probably like what, 10 to 15 bucks back then? Probably. Yeah. It was I'm looking it's a lot. I'm trying to right now, actually. Oh, okay. Oh no! Awkward it silence. A little while. <laughs> That's all right. That's why we had the editor here to uh, to pause while we're all looking at other things as opposed to performing <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Also, there, there's a really good filming whenever they're all standing around the uh, standing around the uh, little shop and uh, like waiting for time to pass by. They're like ticks yeah. and they move positions. <laughs> yeah, and it, really there's smart. a there's a receptionist desk for some reason. Yeah, I was yes. trying to figure out what they were doing. Were they doing bills? They were just t- all taking naps when they were at that desk. <laughs> it felt like a reception. Yeah, like that little side desk. And and you have a really good point, Joe. This movie is shot. Ex- it's excellent. It's a very well shot movie. And shooting musicals are really tough because obviously a musical on stage is one set, right? You, mm-hmm. you have actors working in a static place and that's kind of where the energy it comes from. It the, the set is just there to literally set the stage just enough for actors to do their thing. But you can't do that in you know a film. Obviously, it has to move and sets and changing cameras and all that fun stuff. So the way this movie is filmed and presented while still maintaining the heart of a musical is really really well done. It, it, musicals to movies can be disastrous. Like anyone ever seen Phantom of the Opera? The movie? Yuck. No. No. Ooh, that sounds bad. Ooh. Oh no, it is terrible. It is, <laughs> it is not good. It is not good, Joe. I would not recommend <laughs> it. So oh, twenty bucks in today's money is what he spent. Really, twenty bucks? Jesus. Twenty bucks. Like, Jesus. Pl- twenty bucks for a plant the guy knew he didn't have. He's like, sure. <laughs> put yeah. a, put the highest price you could think of. Twenty bucks. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I I love the fact that Rick Moranis is trying everything he can do to to make this thing grow. He cannot failing. And uh, the whole place is crumbling along. But anyway, this movie is very well shot. And I think uh, the cinematography is great. The sets are excellent. It's just really hard to do a musical in a film. And it's the combining the two is very challenging. And this movie is surprisingly good at merging the two styles. You could uh, almost say it was shot like a play. (laughs) 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 Well, it is is well shot. Like it, it, it does a good job of switching from scene to scene too. And the way that everything works i, I think it's because it's after he fre- figures like how he feeds the plant with the blood because yeah he pricks his finger all of a the plant just like wakes up <laughs> yeah well they make money and then that happens okay well no they it, yeah 
Actually, I don't think it's that quick. I can't remember. Yeah, well, yeah, no. So they so they put it they so they the it's the it. yeah it's the rare and interesting plant, and they put it in the window, and it just was alive enough for people to walk through the door and say, "Hi, that's a strange and interesting plant you have there." And five dozen roses. Right, and then it just collapses, and that's when Mushnik says to. And then we've kind of skipped a bunch here, but we kind of know the setups already in, in Audrey's the character. And we've also gotten to the point with Audrey already where she's an abused um, abused girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> oh, it gets to, worse, but yeah. Which gets a lot uh-huh. worse and gets uncomfortable. She comes in with a shiner, I think. Yeah, she comes in. I think that might be the introduction. I say her introduction to her is she has a shiner. She has a shiner. And of course, yeah. every time Mr. Moochnik or whatever it points it out, decides to point out whatever injury she has. Yeah, that boy is no good. That's a, that's not a good boy. This boy is no good. I don't know why I went to I think she's like, he's a professional. I yeah, he's a, he's, he's a professional. A date? Again with the state? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, he's a professional. A professional. <laughs> yeah, professional something. <laughs> yeah, really. We, we, we'll get there. Hopefully. But, have, uh, yeah. I have a very long-winded speech about that part, and I'm excited to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> which 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 part are we talking about? Him being professional? Yes. Him being oh. a certain professional. But, Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> the, song, the song he put, he sings, too, when he's trying to feed the plant, uh, Audrey, too, as well, is really good as well. Like, I've given you soil. Give me sunshine. I've given you I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah, I mean, I'm with, listening to it as we speak. I'm not going to sing along. But yeah, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> it does what it all good. Blood. Yeah, it does what all good musicals do is it's kind of moving things along. No, I was going to it does what a lot of what good musicals does is it provides a catchy tune, but also moves things along. And a lot of these songs do that. There's not a lot of fluff because musicals can also have a lot of fluff songs where it's like, we're at the same place we started, but we sung a snappy tune. Like there wasn't really much to that. You no, know, it's uh, constantly moving along with the musicals. Yeah, it keeps going. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I was surprised rewatching this for this episode how much of the story is told while they're singing. Yeah, yeah, like it isn't just like okay, we're gonna stop, have a song, and then continue on. Like almost every things are hap- everything's happening with the music. That's why I have a hard time with musicals because I like musicals like this that the song has something to do with the storyline. Versus, like you said, Bill, where it's fluff. It's just to have a song. Like, I know there's a part, I don't remember when, I think it's early on, where he, when Seymour, because he's not getting any sleep because he's feeding the plant all night and cutting all his fingers up, when he forgets the flowers and then she makes the arrangement for him to take. Glitter. <laughs> the way she talks. Glue, glitter. <laughs> and I like the fact that the funeral arrangement is really just four, four dopey looking oh, plants in a vase. It's really not four, yeah, lilies. There's really nothing else there. You'd think it's just this big arrangement. Glitter. Glue. Glue. And he's like, hey, they're one of my best clients. They just keep dying off. Love it. So snappy. <laughs> and every- More than yeah. four lilies, maybe. <laughs> hey, this kid row, so I guess they don't got money. <laughs> I hope he's not paying a lot for that. <laughs> it was, it, it's amusing. I think it's this when you first get, or is when he comes back and when you first get introduced to Steve Martin's character. Well, first we have to. Do we, have we talked about something that? Oh, is that where we haven't gotten to the point where she sings somewhere that's green, right? Her, no. her kind of monologue song. I think that's that's after you see that she's getting beaten yes. and stuff. I think, right? right? You're right. Is that right? So, I've, um, he goes on the radio show first. Okay. Yeah, uh, the movie because show. she comes back and says, "I missed it," and then that's when he oh. her arms in a sling. Okay. A sling. It's like a decorative scarf or something. But it's a sling. But it's a sling. <laughs> I got a lot of Beetlejuice vibes from that sling for some weird reason. I can see Lydia 
wearing black, that. and it <laughs> yeah, just very just like gothic looking in a way. It was cool. I thought it was cool, other than the fact that you know she was you know abused, abused. By, by a monster. We also the radio station is the first is the first of many SNL appearances. Half the cast of <laughs> SNL shows up in this movie for some weird reason. It's awesome. Great. <laughs> that was Great. a thing in the eighties, right? Though, like, was oh yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. Think so. <laughs> I got all excited. John Candy, and yeah, of course, Steve Martin. So, Jim I was thinking for that John Candy part with the radio station. Like, how much of that was improv? Do you think all of it? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. They and it actually really it. brought it brought back bad memories of bad morning radio, where it, like, that's <laughs> what it was. Wagga wagga, like sound effects. You, you know, when I was listening to that, I was th- or watching this, I was like, man, I would like that job. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself as I watched that. Like, I would like to do that. Do you want to make sound effects and go? Hey, I would love to be. I mean, I'm on the radio, but I love to be on the radio with more than 100 people listen to every every week. So, hey. <laughs> more than 100 people. Oh, baby. It's not nearly that much. Hey, it is. I see the numbers. <laughs> Are you telling me you want to be like professional Foley artist? You know, like pick, provide sound effects for films and movies and radio? Sure, like, I would love to be on the radio. <laughs> Lapping coconuts together show. like horse hooves, you know, like Monty Python. I, I thought it was hilarious because, again, it fit, you know, it's the 60s, so he's got to make all the sounds himself. And I, I just thought that part was hilarious. And, like, even Rick Moranis looks confused, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he mirrors our reactions, like, what is this? Who is this Yahoo? But it's, it's talking strange and amazing things, but you don't see the plan because it's a radio. It's all very silly and heightened. <laughs> and I love the fact how heightened this movie is. It's it's great. And that's what's fun about it. It's heightened. I guess John Candy did a lot of cameos in movies, didn't he, at this time? Oh, yeah. Give him, yeah, you know, give him give him a half an hour's pay, a half day's pay and a good sandwich, and he's there. Like, you know, just go for <laughs> it. Like, oh, alone, I know Why wouldn't there. he? I, I would. I do a lot of stuff for a half sandwich, right? right oh yeah. Now, so. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll take a Jimmy John sandwich, and they're terrible. Oh. Sandwich. I mean, you gotta really. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I could go for a sandwich now. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's yeah, a good uh, scene. It, it, I really enjoyed the whole radio station thing and just everything with it, and just like the whole jokery of it. So I got a question about the radio sure. scene. See, <laughs> we got. The very curvy secretary with the red dress bending over, and then the plant tries to bite <laughs> her. But how does the plant know that? How does the plant see things? I want to know it, or it like sniffs out. I don't know. What are we doing? It just senses. It just senses there's well, a very. I can say something I don't want to say when I'm looking at <laughs> You know, I mean, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna just tee that one up for you there, Mike Alberton. You're the host. Uh, You're the host. I was going to say if it was sense flesh. Like, oh, it senses that there's flesh. And I'm like, no, wait a second. I, I, so I, I wonder what it's sensing. I'm like, no, no, no. So <laughs> I assumed it was because her skirt was red and he thought it was blood. That's not what I think. No. However, how does he know her skirt is red? He doesn't. I don't think it has anything to do with it. <laughs> he smells it. As Mike flounders with this, uh, Mike and Joe and I have a side conversation. Why Mike just I'm trying to get Tiff to say it. She, she's no. hoping she can say it if she wants. I just don't want to say he it. He smells her blood. Yes, that's what I Because, again, he reacts to the fingertips. I didn't think about it until just now, but that's what makes the most sense. That's why he Because he doesn't react to anything else. You're disgusting. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> You want an explanation? There's your explanation. That's that makes not the sense. explanation I wanted, you sicko. <laughs> not the explanation I wanted either. But I went, oh, no, that's what my brain realized. <laughs> I want a divorce. Okay, you okay. got it, babe. Okay. <laughs> I will say one of the, because uh, we haven't gotten to, yeah, so we, we've gotten to the point where Seymour's fed Audrey too. We're aware. I love Steve Martin. Again, I like, I love the fact 
the visual bit of Steve Martin jumping off the bike and it's skidding to a stop without falling over <laughs> is one of my favorite visual things in this movie. I love that. It's and so he, like, silly. His fingers or something. Of and course. Like, <laughs> yep. Of course. He does. Of course. <laughs> oh, but uh, we we missed the uh the the Audrey song. Got oh, somewhere that's green. Somewhere that's green. Yeah. I love that little. <laughs> my my favorite line from that one is. You know all the furniture has plastic. I, I can't. I can't hit her notes, so I'm just gonna pretend like I'm <laughs> from All in the Family, if you don't mind. I'm just gonna go I that like route the for this one. Big ginormous twelve-inch screen. <laughs> <sighs> hey, so you think she told someone, "Hey, we have two TVs at our house." What two TVs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Opening your TV dinners. Play <laughs> <laughs> uh, beauty. <laughs> The, the worst part of this, we were listening to it, and I, I looked over to my husband. I go, this sounds so familiar, but I haven't watched this in a while. What am I thinking of? And he goes, babe, you're thinking of Family Guy when the old guy sings it about Chris. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't he wearing a dress, too? Yeah, the, yes. the, the old man singing, singing it as Audrey, so he's in a dress and running around, and their kids look like old old man Chris's. <laughs> I don't think I've seen oh. this. Oh, it's awful. We'll, we'll YouTube it. Okay. <laughs> it's really That's good. funny, though. Good Family good. Guy's great. That's all uh, I got. Kind of. So inappropriate. It's terrible and great at the same time. <laughs> it's inappropriate in some ways. Hey, Orville's better. One of his other creations. That's yeah, a good show if you haven't watched it. That's what people say. I'm I, I'm kind of allergic to... That's to what that I guy. thought, too, Bill. And then I watched all three seasons in like a month. And now he's making me watch Star Trek Next Gen. I don't know how this happened. What's your idea? No, it was not. It was all your idea. I'm so excited. Okay, but yeah. no, the kind of comment with that, like you know, the white picket fence, and I like how there's one scene of Rick Moranis where when he's cutting the grass, he's ha- he's fatter than he is in a later scene in the same. Yes. Part. What was that? I caught that because again, the idea is that well, especially well, the 1800s wealth was associated with being heavier because you could eat because everyone else was starving to death. No, but I think they took that idea that to show that they're wealthier and better off that way he's heavier. Instead also, of being poor and starving and living in the basement. Also, someone's uh, selling Tupperware to them while she's like cooking for them. And that, I know that was a popular thing back then, back then as well. Still is a thing. <laughs> oh, is yeah. That's really? my, this, the woman is sitting across from me used to sell Tupperware. So. <laughs> More like I used to discount to buy stuff for myself. But yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tupperware parties are still a thing? Yes. That's weird. I've never heard of that either. I've I heard mean, of Tupperware parties, but I don't. I used to know someone in college who sold sex toys and had parties. <laughs> those, are, those are a thing too. Don't get me started on that. No, no, they were. She, we, when I was doing sure. my own. They still are. It's called pure romance. And she would go to people's homes and they'd have parties and she'd have all her wares out. She was a friend of the my college radio show. We would, uh, <laughs> damn, we would on the radio, we'd call like the program director and like other people in the radio station and she would call them that telling them like, oh, so your 12 inch dildo is um, on back order. Do you mind the purple instead of the black? Because we can start. And she ca- and we would call people uh, you know, live on the radio and, and enjoy watching them stammer as she uh, as she did her spiel because that's kind of what her kid. That's the best Just thing. Very ever. funny bit. I'm sure I have tapes of it someplace in the <laughs> of us bothering the poor program director. <laughs> I just remember the last time one of those parties I was down at one of our friends' house and I was down in the basement playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4. Why are we not surprised? Why? I did not want to be involved in that party. Like, I'm going to stay down here and play Call of Duty. On my uh, PC. Watch us taste the lube. It's really good. It tastes like vanilla. 
So Joe, how's uh, how's going on with you, man? Is everything cool? Like you had a conversation. You started. You started it. I did. You talk about Tupperware parties. That's where my brain goes. So Tupperware. Not my fault. You're a pervert too. Okay. Hey, listen. Um, someone needs to snap their fingers in front of my face every like five ten minutes because this edible's really kicking in. Wake up! Did you really? Did you did? Huh? Okay. You yeah. He's like, oh, okay. It's legal here as of two weeks ago. So fantastic. Take advantage of it. I I have not really done many edibles since it's legal in Minnesota. We have a couple of dates of I know. I just haven't. That's the same. I want to go back to Vegas and meow wolf and get high again. That was great. No meow wolf for you. Oh, that was amazing. That was not worth fifty dollars. It wasn't your high. You just weren't high to enjoy it. I literally just laid on a bed at one point. They had a random mattress, and I just stared at the ceiling and the lights. I'm like, wow. And I never do that. So that's why I knew it was the so, b- before, before Joe starts snoring, then, uh, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of move it along a bit. Yeah, so so we got somewhere that's green. It's a, fun, it's a great song, and it's uh, yeah, we dined on that. So now we have – this is where we get the big dentist moment. We're really at the point where we – Just where he's on the motorcycle? Yeah. He gets on the motorcycle and, he, and yeah, he's on the motorcycle and he's talking all sinister about throwing cats out the window and doing I don't know whatever else. And then he's talking about how he's this uh, deliverer of pain. He's a dentist. And it's a very, very silly. Steve Martin is enjoying every second of this. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh yes, boy, he's loving that this. Poor, that poor nurse, I think he punches her or hits her like three or four times. <laughs> About three times he punches that poor, poor nurse. And we all laugh because why not? It's a little shop of horrors. Come on now. And like she just that. stays there. She still stays employed with him. Still hangs in. It's the 60s. Still hangs in. Uh, there's that one scene where it's shot from the inside of someone's mouth. I yeah, almost I threw up in my face. <laughs> it was so gross. Like, I have a hard time with teeth. Like, teeth things really really gross me out it it comes from that episode of ren and stimpy where they're like pulling ren's teeth out of his mouth and it's all nerve endings and bloody yeah i don't know what you're talking about i do know what you're talking about i will not watch anything like when it comes to like what they do when they do root canals i don't want to know like i've seen charts yeah i don't want to know any of it nope Mm -mm. done it too much for me i don't want to know what they're doing okay I know it's cartoon stuff. <laughs> it's close enough to reality. Oh, There's no. a guy on the ceiling at one point. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the whole dentist stuff, like Bill Murray, is the best. <laughs> We, it, there's a yeah, there's a point. That we, there's a whole bunch between the Bill Murray. We do want to talk about that. Joe, did oh, you want yeah, to talk about? We have this, to. <laughs> is this the moment? Uh, yeah, we do. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Do you want to talk about the Bill Murray part of the dentist, or was this something? No, no, she to, loves the Bill Murray this, part. This this is pre Bill Murray part, and I'm also really gonna get into that. But the the Steve Martin bit of him being a dentist, I just complete tangent. I want to go off on because first the song starts off that he's basically a actual like medically termed psychopath yes. where he kills cats and all this other stuff and then <laughs> he decides to be a bully and then become what what do most adult bullies become either the police a dentist or a nurse and he became a dentist <laughs> which is even more messed up because i had to pause it because me and my husband got into this whole of the, the history of dentistry the reason why he gets away with so much is because dentists aren't part of like the medical board that's why he can huff drugs and <laughs> do 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 what he wants because he's a dentist and it's like of course i'm a dentist and if you want if you hate me just go somewhere else and you're <laughs> you're just lying because i'm a private practicer or whatever and yeah yeah okay uh, it's cool. even weird because like all the huffing of paint or not paint uh chemicals is there because that's how they're 
their chemicals work. Like they're not sanctioned or like it's not like pain pills. They can order as much of it as they can and just <laughs> do whatever they want with it. Oh, you you're use like, well, sure, you're a dentist. And it's the sixties. Okay. I mean, I do know dentistry back, you know, not sixty, but probably even earlier wasn't exactly like, you know, fun <laughs> in any shape or form. Dentistry. So Joe, Joe, are, no, are you but... saying that are you saying that dentistry is one step away from quackery? <laughs> not, not quackery because you need a law degree, but it's, right. it's private practicing. So sure. it's, it's like not as regulated. Really, yeah, it's not as regulated. Also, I just really don't like dentists. I had the, I don't either. The, this being the reason why I had dentists. I was a I was adopted my grandparents. So I had like, you know, state health care, which was good health care. And every dentist I went to was like, oh, yeah, you got like seven cavities. And like we have to put metal teeth in. And I'm like, oh, God, why? Oh, because your, you know, state insurance covers everything. So we just pretty much take advantage of it. I'm like, oh, Yikes. okay, cool. <laughs> you can become Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like to, to add to your dentist thing, uh, a friend of mine went and did a deep, had a deep cleaning done, she was telling me about, where they go and they go under your gums and they didn't numb her up for it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because when they, they did it to me, I was, my whole half of my mouth was numb for like yeah. five hours after the appointment. And she wasn't up. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Maybe you went to Saucy Martin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you there, should be numb. There's an actual lawsuit. The reason why you can't get any teeth work done at a hospital is because you have to get it done by a dentist by law. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I did not realize that. I guess way to not regulate it even more, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, so, yeah, uh, dentists are just a weird thing. And, you know, it's hard um, to find a good dentist. Steve Martin is not a good dentist. Oh, God. He's, oh, no, he's an awful dentist as well. He is a terrible dentist. Or the, talk about when, he, when he first meets Seymour <laughs> after the whole motorcycle thing where he can't remember Seymour's name. And he's like, I know you. And, he, and then when uh, I think Audrey finally correct him and he's like, shut up. Something like that. No one's talking to you. <laughs> yes, <You're> doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. It's so weird. It's so off-putting. Obviously, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Terrible. You. You guys are forgetting the part where uh, how he arrives. He hasn't come through the alleyway. He falls from the fucking sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Man, so good. Oh, that's so, so this is the point, though, because we're we kind of skip past when the plant officially talks. Because oh, yeah. we, that's what it tells them. We haven't really gotten to the point because we, we have kind of papered over the, the crux of this film, which is the plant is now growing. Steve Martin is constantly dripping blood from his constantly bandaged fingers, walking around <laughs> with 18 band-aids on each finger because he's dripping blood into the mouth of the plant. The, the plant is getting bigger, so of course the fame of the store is getting bigger, and Seymour's fame is getting bigger himself. He's been more of a celebrity. It all just escalates and escalates and escalates as a good musical should. And now we're at the point where the plant needs more. And this is the point where the plant Feed now me. starts talking. Feed me! Um, and, me see more. <laughs> and it's like a, feed me oh not no <laughs> i know and this is the point now where you know it's it's very convenient we have a horrible villain dentist no one likes dentists <laughs> <laughs> no one likes dentists and no one likes like people who movie. smack around women so this is perfect evil villain parent <laughs> and seymour sees opportunity he sees a silhouette and the plant uses that to manipulate Seymour into confronting the dentist as he <laughs> proceeds to work on a very, very, very horny Bill Murray who really, <laughs> really wants his pain. And my wife even says, she's like, I don't remember this, this, like this much. So how of much that. of this was a script, do you think, for Bill Murray? They just said, go in there and do whatever you want. He had no script whatsoever. He had Candy no script 
<laughs> no, he had no script whatsoever. He improved every single word of that entire so was candy bar, like his safe word. Or was that like the opposite? That means to do it more. <laughs> I don't know, but I loved every minute of it. And I don't know if Joe agrees with this, candy bar. <laughs> but, the, oh. but I did look that up and, and it was entirely unscripted. Bill Murray's whole <laughs> was 100%. I wonder what Steve Martin thought during that when they're acting. So his reaction fun. Was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm getting paid to do this. He just looks annoyed. So good. Anyway, but Joe, you had, I think you had something on this, on this. Oh yeah, completely. Mainly because, uh, me, me and my husband were watching this two game and we had to pause it from laughing because it was getting way too gay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, he wraps his arms around his back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, remember, if you're always being chased by a horror villain and he puts you in a saw trap, remember to to enjoy it back because you're going to outkink him. And there's nothing worse <laughs> than being outkink. This is fair. <laughs> it's so, it's <laughs> so damn funny. That was the moment that actually really, not really hit me because obviously he is very aroused by his whole experience. <laughs> when he like grips his back, like puts his fingers into his shoulder, I was like, whoa, okay. Woo. Wow. We went to we went another there. level here. Or there's a part where he puts like the cotton in his mouth and he starts spitting it out in front of the camera. I was like, yeah, that's not scripted. <laughs> it was so good. He again, Bill Murray is again another national treasure. And you you said, Tiff, like, what was Steve Martin thinking? Oh wow, this is fun. I'm getting paid to hang to make have fun with my friend. This is awesome. <laughs> this is great. So was Steve Martin SNL too? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, I didn't sure. watch SNL ever really. So <laughs> those were the good SNL days. <laughs> it's just it's it's such a good part, and like all the all, all and how bad he is to all the kids as he's singing his song and just how he's torturing everybody. <laughs> he's like, "Is that Novocaine for me? No, the gas is for me." <laughs> and he starts rolling like, "Oh, Got the poor little girl in like a steel trap." <laughs> yeah. Over her head. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> So as so once Bill once uh, Bill Murray I think I think uh, the um, I think Seymour is in the waiting room yeah, waiting for waiting to see the doctor while all of the kink play is going on. <laughs> Bill Murray leaves extremely <laughs> satisfied. All these screams of agony or pleasure, whichever. And here candy, candy, candy bar, candy bar, candy bar. Candy bar. <laughs> Bill Murray leaves a happy customer. Tell, he's like, I'm telling all my friends about you. Tell all my friends about <laughs> what you. What kind of friends does he have? I'm wondering there. Get out, Steve get Martin, out now. Steve Martin's very frustrated because he couldn't get him to scream in the way that he, he wanted, wanted him to scream. scream. <laughs> he screamed, but not in that way. Not in the pain way. And we have this great moment where you know, remove teeth from Seymour. And Seymour's got a gun on him. Doesn't need the gun because... He hooks up to Joe's nitrous oxide, I guess that is, laughing about <laughs> Yeah. Something gets stuck or broken. He breaks when he pulls out the gun to shoot him, he's like, let me turn this gas off and I'll and I'll take care blow. of you. Yeah. That's when he dies. He breaks, and I think he just died because he just suffocated, right? I think yeah, he couldn't get it off. And hence he, I could, he was trying to say I could asphyxiate, but he didn't get it out because he died. <laughs> and that that's which that. also can fit with the whole like horny theme they have going on here, so it it's also a creepy. It's a creepy visual too of him with this contraption on, just like slumped to the floor, dead, with this like wide eyed. It's a very unsettling. Visual. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> of course, it, <laughs> hey, it fixes his problem. Like, you have to shoot him instead of having to shoot him. He just kills himself. All right, yeah. makes it easier. That works out. He didn't kill him. He just uh, takes the body and yeah, drags it. Technically, didn't. Kill him. I mean, he was involved in the murder. Essentially, the no, accident. He, wasn't. Uh, he was involved in the disposal. Fault. 
And then his disposal. It's not his fault the guy was hooked on laughing gas or whatever. Yeah, because the guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's not his fault. I do like how the guy pulls out an old drill. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even do an exam. He's like, okay, we're going to start drilling some teeth there. He doesn't even exam nothing. Like, okay, let's just start drilling. He also shows a picture of a dog and is like, this is the most disgusting human mouth I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is what could happen if you don't take care of your mental mental health. Jeez, mental. <laughs> you become a canine. <laughs> yeah, you become an actual dog, an actual mongrel. It's yeah, it's yeah, just all off putting and gross. But he gets his uh, he he meets his end. Seymour then drags his body very easily. By the way, I mean it's easy to drag a hundred eighty five pound lump of dead weight and contraption to to the plant. Plant tells him to chop him up. Evidently, he plants. Just feed him whole. He eats the other people whole. He, I know, I know. That was I, later. Though. This is his first body he's eating. This is his first body. There's a lot more to he come. This is the first yeah, body. he has grown, I guess, since then. So, oh, chops okay. him up. The owner, Mr. Mushnik, sees the creepy silhouette of Axe coming down. I think he actually sees the going he on. He sees him actually doing it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Probably. That's how I took it. I thought he just saw the silhouette. We just see the silhouette, but I think that. From his point of view, he's seen more. Oh, okay, sure. So. That's what I believe. Okay. Yeah, I I think he sees a bit. He catches enough glimpse in the in the in the lightning strikes because he actually when he confronts him later, he's like, "I saw what you did." And yeah, that's that. So then uh, the next day, the cops come questioning Audrey. You know, everything is uh, the plant is happy and fed. Hooray! And that's when we get suddenly Seymour, which is the uh, the main song. In this movie, I would think, I think everyone could agree, suddenly Seymour is like the big showstopper. I'm going to take a guess it's the end of the first act in the play. I don't Probably. But, uh, my guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, what does everyone think about how that kind of develops, right? Because it's very quick. Again, this movie paints things in extremely broad strokes. But again, we don't have time for anything subtle. <laughs> he go, it goes from, hey, your boyfriend's probably dead, but he really sucked. Are you sure <laughs> you should care about this dead person? Instead. <laughs> I'm here waiting for you. And <laughs> I've always loved you. Loved I just dead. killed your boyfriend. <laughs> I yeah, cut him in I, pieces. I didn't kill I him. I fed him to a plant. <laughs> It's not my fault. He was dead when I found him. Yeah. <laughs> but suddenly Seymour is here. <laughs> so it, it, the, the, the play did not end with this suddenly Seymour. It ends with the dentist dying of asphyxiation and then Seymour feeding the body to the, to Audrey too. And that's the end of act one in the play. So I was incorrect, but it's close. close. It's a very good part. like horror element to seeing the shadow of him cutting at the body. Yeah. Why cool. he didn't just do it in the basement? I don't know. But hey, you know. Hey, listen, you know, come on. Yes, listen. Cut you know, cut up people in a, in a more public area is always a smart decision. <laughs> yeah, he has to vivisect a human body to feed a, an alien plant. This is none of this makes sense. None of this yeah. is normal, normal, <laughs> normal day stuff. So yeah. So so, what do you think of the song though? Suddenly Seymour. It's a big song in the play and in the in the show. One goes of my on a bit. Songs. <laughs> it goes. Boy, it goes. It goes on though. It goes it feels on. Like a, it feels like a long one. But, um, it does. It goes on, but uh, she definitely belts it out, and I know every word. <laughs> is this when they talk about running away together, too? Yeah, at the end. Okay. Is this when he proposes to her, or is that later? Later, I think. Later. Okay. I don't have all my notes. So. Do you want to see them? <laughs> but, <laughs> what's that? What part is after this? I can't remember. Honestly, I, I, I believe after Suddenly Seymour, he, uh, he's laying at home feeling good, and uh, Mushnik walks in as he sees him. Yes. Okay, yep, that's it. Yep, Mushnik comes in, says he accuses 
Uh, Seymour of killing the dentist. Seymour, of course, very astutely says, I didn't kill him. I just chopped him up and fed him to the evil plant. (laughs) I just chopped him up. And uh, of course, not understanding that this is kind of what has to happen. Seymour kind of tricks Mushnik into uh, falling into the gaping maw of the plant (laughs) in uh, a very funny and pretty gross, you know, if you think about it, but obviously not on the surface. It's very silly and fun, but he he is ingests and eats Mushnik whole, which is pretty great. Now we know the plant can handle it, does not need his food cut up for him. (laughs) Take care of the slice all on his own. Yes. He just like slurps it like a piece of spaghetti. So <laughs> and, and nobody doesn't anybody wonder like you see like the FBI or the police show up for you know for the for D Martin character Dennis but no, nothing show, nobody shows up to figure out what happened to Musnick he just he's just gone okay he doesn't have any family except for Seymour but you think nope. the police would be like where'd he go nope, no no one cares the no one cares about the owner he's gone it's fine moving on no one cares yeah, vacation. No. that's what Seymour said <laughs> that's what he told people I mean I'm sure that's happened a lot in in history yeah that guy's on vacation yeah. <laughs> So, okay, and this is when you have Audrey two eats him, and then you start having where he's getting like I think a little time fast forward, and he's getting all like the the deals, and everybody's like, "Here, sign this. You're going to be famous. You have your own, top, you know, top you know garden show, and this and that." He's on the cover of Time and Plant Weekly, and <laughs> yeah. all these magazines. That's a really cool sort of- scene. How it and it goes very quickly too. Like it's just the songs playing, and they just keep showing all the different things happening to him really fast. I think, is that the Supper Time song or is that the song he's singing while while eating Mushnik? Supper Time is when he's trying to eat Mushnik. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's when he's singing Supper yeah. Time. And you have the girls and the, and the muses outside the window going, Supper Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he eats them. Then it cuts to him getting all the deals and showing how people are all, you know, want to, you know, make him rich, but, you know, get rich off of him, essentially. Yeah, very, very kind of a very not so subtle, you know, ties to sensationalism and and how fast fame can get to someone's head and it's and not just gets to someone's head actually i shouldn't say that because nothing gets to seymour's head he just goes <laughs> along with everything he doesn't he has no agency in really anything just things happen to him and he stares around blindly like, okay i guess yeah and um, this. okay sure <laughs> yeah and it's again it's speaking to media sensationalism and how we have to profit off of everything and everyone's looking for the next quick buck and the next big star the next big freak so it's and it's fun, but again, it's it's moving lightning fast, and yeah, it's just fun. Again, the music, of course, is buoying all of this, uh, which is great. Yeah, because it goes pretty quick from what I remember. Like you have him where he's supposed to be doing the the TV shot at, at his at the shop, and there and then the plant kind of like falls down. Or like he's like, yeah, he wants to be fed. Oh, where's your plant food? He's like, I, I can't feed it while you're here. Everybody, and then he freaks out. Everybody, get out! <laughs> I, I do like how it just it doesn't want, you know, it wants fresh meat. It, want, it wants human meat, I think, essentially. It does not want cow. It doesn't cow. want hamburger chip. <laughs> no. It wants humans, which fits again with the whole alien theme that they're going for. Especially in the 60s yeah. idea. All aliens eat humans? That's kind of a little prejudice. It is, but it also fits that xenophobic oh, is the word you're looking for. Oh, yeah, but it fits that theme, of especially the 60s, and that fiction, which is what this is set in. We're... I, I mean, I wasn't around in the sixties. My dad, I wasn't of course, either. was. But well, yeah, <laughs> I hope not. I know you guys make fun of me for being old all I'm the time, but I'm not that old. <laughs> not seventy. But I don't think were, were people really being concerned about being eaten by aliens. Was that like a? Yes, I know aliens. So. Alien panic was the problem, but con- I being consumed. I, think it just I don't know. Fits with the fiction of aliens. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's people. it's it, the alien. It's again. 
There really is he no just went more. To Roswell. That's what I blame this on. <laughs> he uh... just went to Roswell. He's like, oh, and we saw the alien museum, and he's talking, and it like they had all the facts and what supposedly happened. So this is where that's coming from. It was cool. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I I want to say it's uh when was World War One? Really weird question. Nineteen fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Okay, so this is probably it, it's been a while since like it's been a, it's hmm, been a while since we we did World War One. We haven't say, realized that we might have Vietnam coming up or the Russians to worry about. So we had to make up something, and I believe it was aliens. <laughs> I was right. Nineteen fourteen it started. Oh, okay, I was too off. Maybe we also had World War Two before then. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we yeah, yeah this was kind of. Cold War happening now, right? Yeah. No, totally. I think aliens, it was definitely, there was an alien panic in that era for sure. Yeah. The space mm-hmm. race and, yeah, like we were, we were, things you know, cold warring. Yep. Cold warring with the Russians and all the rest of it and shooting monkeys into space and everything else. There was a lot of that in this world. But yeah, I, again, I, you can't think too hard about any of this nonsense. It's an alien <laughs> plan who wants to eat human beings. Fine. This is a, this is a Roger Corman movie. Roger Corman, <laughs> who we should all know by now, the king of schlock. Oh yeah, he made, he made the original Little Shop of Horrors for thirty thousand dollars. The entire movie, everything, including paying actors and special effects and everything, thirty grand in the he can. Cheap movies. Yeah, he just made nothing but cheap, cheap, silly movies, and he was a wonderful man for it. Gave us some of our finest ridiculous movies, and so you don't have to think too much about it. It's it's a it's a plant. He's human beings. He's hungry for human beings. Fantastic. So we uh, when you yeah. have Seymour then proposes to her in the alley. Because that's his, he feels like that's his out, and he finally realizes, let's just get out of here. Because if I don't feed this plant, it's <laughs> going to die. No one else is going to think, huh, this plant really, here's some more water, more plant food, more soil. It's just going to die. Like, if no one yeah, feeds but it. Won't, won't something happen like with Mr. Mooshnik, where somebody tries to interact with it and chomp, chomp, chomp? Yes, but if somebody saw someone else be eaten by a plant, I'm pretty sure the next thing would be fire, fire, heh, heh, heh. Not, yeah, they just uh, burned the house down, right? And it's that's it kinda, I mean, that's what I would do. I saw the plant, a plant eat someone, okay, like you're going on fire, buddy. <laughs> We're done, <laughs> no more humans for you. So, I mean, and that's the so he has like the right idea. Like, he's like, you know, let's just get out of here, let's just go. And she's all for it. She's like, oh, Seymour, absolutely. And I'm she, so happy. Like, yeah, and it's so sweet because it's like they just want to run away together and have their plastic garden and their plastic lawn <laughs> with their one-dimensional plastic home furniture. and plastic furniture right and tv dinners and they just want to have this quiet life together and, and and for some reason though sleeping on separate beds i asked my wife about this i'm like is this a thing like why are you sleeping on separate beds? and she's like my wife was like yeah that's actually how it was you still even if you were married you still slept on separate beds i'm like wow you must have not watched Bewitched. Uh, and when or you, I Love Lucy. Or... I watched a lot of the... She, she mentioned I Love Lucy. When I was growing up, Nick at Night. Yep, she mentioned I Love Lucy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fine. Weird. But it was, somehow they still made a baby. You're not telling me they made a baby. Well, it was also... Twin bed. I think it was a TV thing where TV <laughs> couldn't have them in the same bed. But in reality, Maybe. people weren't doing as much as what TV was acting. Maybe, before. that's fair. I think it's oh. more of a TV thing where... Cause you couldn't, you know, it was preposterous to think that. Like, people don't have sex. No, babies are storks. Like, come on. <laughs> that idea. I did get a kick out of how, like, you know, he goes off to do whatever he's doing. I, oh, I think he's going to go get meat for the plant. And she goes home to get ready. And she gets a phone call. And she's like, Seema? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I forget what he's saying. The plant's saying, but it's... I don't for- remember either. It, it kind of like... 
Hey, yeah. little darling or something. It's funny. And then she looks out the window to the plant holding the phone, looking out the window back at her. And the plant's like, <laughs> why she goes, she... I don't get it. Well, I, I probably she's just interested <laughs> as an arborist. You know, this is a, <laughs> you know, she, this is probably pretty interesting. So she yeah, she wants to go over and uh, and check out the plant. Plant hungry. Almost. Now, this is where the deviates. There's a lot of deviations from the theatrical to the director's cut. Director's cut has a dream sequence. It has some other stuff in there. This is where it deviates. The plant, everything here is the same. Plant begins chomping down on Audrey. Seymour comes in at the last minute and pulls her out. In the theatrical version, that's what happens. He comes in and saves her. After the after he gets a couple good chomps in, like once she's in his mouth, the, the plant's mouth, you think it's over, like, oh, yeah, she, that's it for Audrey. She, she's bleeding, I think, when he pulls her out. Even yeah. in the theatrical cut, she's still bleeding. Yeah. In the, so in the uh, director's cut, it cuts to them going back to that same back alley where they just proposed and her giving him this very teary goodbye speech. Uh, yeah, before I die, I want you to know that I, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it's sad. And, of course, in the, in, in the uh, theatrical version, it's basically, you all right? Yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> Here comes Jim Belushi to talk about some plant thing that <laughs> make, that comes out of absolutely nowhere. It really uh, did. I was kind of like, you know, he's just like, hey, I'll buy it from you. We'll market it. We'll have a plant in every household. You're like, no. Every household in America? What? No. <laughs> and then he like assaults Jim Belushi. <laughs> which is a really weird thing because that never ever comes up again. Like in the theatrical cut, at least, it doesn't come up. It's not like, that's an important part or a load bearing piece of this. I don't even know why they bothered to refilm that. Like you could have just made it where Seymour realizes this has to end. Maybe he thinks, Oh, well now people can, can market this. Let me just get rid of the original. So no one can ever do this now again. Yeah. But I would just see it like be fine. Again, it'd be a short, shorter movie, but just going <laughs> in to get your, get your revenge for, for the plant, almost killing your, your beloved. So, Okay. So have, when that yeah go ahead okay I'm sorry this is when he then goes back inside and threatens the plant and the plant starts singing to him when he's trying to kill it that is freaking hilarious mean like, green mother from outer space, from outer space. Oh, and you got the little the little babies are like ah! I love that it's the best I had such I had such uh oh what the hell is that labyrinth vibes for some <laughs> reason with that like with that chorus of buds you know like I don't know why I had the labyrinth goblins. vibes. Right? Yeah, got the, go- the goblins. the goblins singing. Yeah. Goblins singing. It's thunder and lightning. <laughs> and a baby says. <laughs> <laughs> mean Green, Mother from Outer Space, my favorite song in this uh, soundtrack, I think. My favorite. And had, this been out, had this come out in the 90s or 2000s, it would have been Mean Green, Motherfucker from Space. But hey. Yes, and Samuel Jackson would have sung it. We'd yep. have all been very happy. <laughs> it would have been a cool <laughs> movie. Yes, let's make that happen. Joe, you and I, come on. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Other, other movies we got to write. <laughs> just add it to the list. Add it to the list. Just so good, like because he's like you know the plants just toying with him. The tentacles are just like almost hitting next to him, and there's one part where it almost hits him between the legs, and he just looks down. It does hit him. <laughs> yeah, but it misses. It's hilarious though. Lots of great beats in this. Uh, just destroying the actual. Uh, it's destroying the flower shop at this point. Just completely wrecking it. In the actual director's cut, uh, Seymour gets some shots off. When he, when he brandishes the gun, he doesn't shoot the gun at the plant in the theatrical version. I wonder if that was to make people think, hey, he's such a good guy. He wouldn't try to shoot the evil alien plant who almost murdered his girlfriend. I, okay. 
Uh, but he doesn't shoot the plant in the, in the theatrical. In the cut, he does. And he kind of gets a few shots off, but nothing happens. He kind of just bounces off of the off of the evil plant, as you would expect. Yeah. But uh, just a little, a little note that That's does cool. not happen in the theatrical. And, I still can't uh, believe they reshot all this. Yeah, well, they reshot almost everything. They used the old clips up until the final moment where the entire flower shop comes come crumbling down. The original director's cut, we'll call it, has the plant reach in, grab Seymour, and in almost slow motion, it is the longest attempt of eating. I don't know how long he screams for. He's like, ah! <laughs> and it just goes on forever. Because I think he's trying to let the audience know. Like, the audience is thinking, how is he going to get out of this? How is he going to get out of this? How is he? He's not. He's dead. He's just eight. And the it's slow eat. You know, the plant burps and then spits out his glasses. Oh. And, and that's like the last thing of Seymour you see in the director's cut. He goes, Pugh! And then it's a shot from like floor level and the glasses come into frame. It's got a broken lens. Oh, uh, very, very good. This is awful. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's really good. And then. I hate you. This is awful. <laughs> no, you, you're excited to see it now. No, I and don't. then. It, I know. My, Tiff and my wife. Listen, my wife refused. <laughs> even today, even I think it was today she, or yesterday. She's like, all right, what happened? Finally got to know. So I'm like, this happened. That happened. But it was cut. Theatrical version is the one we should all keep in our heart, even though I do really like the director's cut because it's got some really amazing moments of like the whole end is just literally a Godzilla movie just with plants. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's a kaiju movie with plants. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking this up as soon as we get done. I'm very curious. Yes. But uh, so, Joe, what do you think about that final this final sequence of, uh, again, Mean Green, Mother from Outer Space and and uh, Seymour plugging him full of electricity? Just finding a live power line and ploop. And not dying while holding it, yeah. And while yeah. not dying while holding it, yeah. Not dying under the pile of bricks either. Yeah. Nope, no, nope. him and Wally Coyote can survive it. <laughs> <laughs> At the meet Mean Green uh Mother from Outer Space is the one song that I actually specifically remember from this. Yeah. Like if, if it's one thing that I can think of when people talk about the show. Maybe because like back then when like the com- there were commercials for it, that was maybe the song for it. Probably. Probably. Yeah. It's it's so upbeat and energetic, and it's it's probably one of the more fun songs on the whole soundtrack. And the soundtrack full of really fun fun tunes. I, it's just very memorable, and it's it's great. Uh, yeah, foul mouth plant, just uh, <laughs> tough tough titty. <laughs> it <says> it <laughs> it's it's good, and then it has like a, a cut where then it shows them getting married, and they have that you know picket fence house with the plastic on the on the couches. I'm assuming. And I love how then it just zooms in to the little plant, little Audrey, a little like Audrey. Smiling. Yeah, just sitting in the garden. <laughs> so it kind of alludes to the same ending that you that, you know, from the director's cut that the plants aren't dead like they're around. Yeah. I mean, as long as no one feeds it blood, I think you'll be fine. I but yeah, it's uh, and that's how the theatrical cut ends. And of course, the director's cut goes on for another 11 minutes. It's so <laughs> long, guys. Uh, y'all, it's so long. It's, I'm it's, surprised it's you really... got away spending 11 million. Or seven million to seven, make an like that. That's what I, I the five or seven. Those are the two numbers that come up. Either way, but still, how do you get away a with lot of money. that? I mean, I watched enough movies that made us documentaries now. Like people, I mean, they're kind of like they keep they keep attention to what their budget's going to be. Like you can't just get extra more money like that. You know, it's funny the the doc the one I watched on Sunday night was it was an amateur documentary. It was you know a YouTuber type who was, yeah. who was doing it. It was very good. It was good, but uh, so he didn't have a full a lot of inside information but suffice to say they went all in on this frank oz movie and 
I think because it, it took so much to get done. I think, gosh, I, I don't want to get it completely wrong, but the final form of the plant had anywhere from 50 different operators making it work at any one time. Damn. Because oh, wow. uh, every in, because look at it, like every little piece of that plant is moving or and, and moving intelligently. It's not just on strings or on like gears, you know. Like a wind up, like a wind up doll or something. It's <laughs> articulating in a natural way. I think there's like fifty so opera. It was just incredible amount of puppetry and technique wow. going into it in order to sync up the um, in order to sync up the the mouth of the plant. They had to do it in in slow motion, so they shot it at like six, 12 or sixteen frames per second as opposed to the usual twenty four. Okay. So and then they when they sped it up to a normal film speed of twenty four frames per second it then looked natural. So Rick oh, Moranis wow. had to do all of his lines in 12 to 16 frames, like saying it slowly. So <laughs> when they sped it up, it looked natural. And then they just overdubbed him singing the actual songs over it. Oh, that's overdubbed cool. The, and overdubbed the, you know, just ADR, the, uh, the dialogue. So lots of fascinating stuff. If you're into like the technique of practical effects, there's no green screens or blue screens at all I in this entire practical. movie. Yeah, everything's <laughs> practical real sets yeah it's i love mi- the guy who does the voice too for i can't remember his name he's from the four tops yes oh is it levi stubbs is that right i think so yeah I'm just he does a great that. voice for the plant he does it i love his singing voice i love his voice i love everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the movie Ta-da. that's it Yep. Oh, fun fun fact, the Little Shop of Horrors um, 1960 movie directed by Roger Corman was based off or might have been influenced by Arthur C. Clarke's 1956 science fiction story, The Reluctant Orchid. Huh. Far cry away from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Imagine if they made like The Reluctant Orchid and it's just like really sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. Well, just like a movie we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about either before or after this, depending on when I get this done. Do androids dream of electric sheep? That's oh, what Blade yeah. Runner, the book is called. Oh, the Blade yes. Runner is based on. Yes, yes. I know. It's called by Philip K. D- Philip K. Dick. It's called Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. Right. Electric Sheep. Yeah. That's why they didn't call that in the film because then they'd like, no one's going to see this. Me, what's that game, Christine? Catherine? Catherine, yeah. yep. The yeah. the sheep. That's why they call it Blade Runner instead because they're like, people will see this movie. They won't see Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep. <laughs> yeah, no. That's not going to That's not gonna fly. It's a hard fit on a movie poster. So. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, that's how it ends, right? End scene. Happy ending. They run off into the sunset together. I think you need happy endings in most movies, though, especially a musical. I think. No, I, not really. I like. I, mean, I, I don't like movies that don't have happy endings. I can say that. Is that why you didn't like Titanic? Well, I didn't like Titanic because they spent an hour and a half dying. <laughs> <laughs> you had to split it evenly, okay? That's all. We watched that movie not that long ago in theaters for Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> Great movie, I don't right? Wow. <laughs> Her idea, not mine. She's like, we're going to go see Titanic. And she's just so excited, just glowing. She's telling me about it. I was so excited. Hey, the theater was full, though. The theater oh, was wow. full. They, they even had ushers like, okay, what's your seat? Can I see your ticket? I'm like, Get okay. out of here. Really? Yeah, it was. Oldie time, did they have like the oldie time, like red velvet jackets on? And, no. Like, <laughs> yes, really ma'am, bad. please, let me show you to your seats. They get no, dressed up for the movie. Movie features. I don't, I don't, I mean, because again, it's based on a real life thing, but 
hey, also, the funny thing is, you know, we watched Ghostbusters 2 not that long ago, and I was thinking to myself, hey, that, hey, this ship, because <laughs> ship's in Ghostbusters 2 where it shows up. Better late than never. <laughs> Except it's not broken in half, because at the time, in the 80s, they didn't know the ship was broken in half. It wasn't until ah. later they figured that out. So I, I found that funny, because in 89, it's in one piece in, in the movie, but in Titanic, by then, they, in the late 90s, they figured out it broke when it hit the ground, or when it goes down, because they didn't gotcha. know at first. They thought it just sunk. They had some kid that did a drawing, but nobody believed in that. No, they they thought it split and then it just sunk. They didn't think it broke in half and sunk. There's your 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 nothing your part you didn't have. Let's go to shelf stacker box. <laughs> and Joe, why don't you go first? I was definitely going on the shelf. Uh, I didn't think it would at first, but watching it is a really fun time. You can't can't mess with the musical. And Tiffany. Of course, it's going on the shelf. I would watch this a million times and sing the songs and. Recite the lines, Mike's giving me a look. Um, I couldn't believe it. Was, I was like, okay. <laughs> I did. It was, I love this movie. I watched it a million times when I was a kid, and definitely the shelf. That's more than you probably need to know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll go next. I'm also going to put this on the shelf. I enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what I was, you know, if I was, what I was going to think. And again, I always have a good time every time I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie many times because of Tiff. So <laughs> Shut up. I enjoyed it. Going on the shelf. What about you, Bill? I, you know, it's funny. I'm just like Joe. I first, when I, when I thought about this before seeing it, I'm like, no, I think this will probably be a stack. Like, I, yeah. And after seeing it, I, yeah, shelf. Um, I think we're going to be shelves across the board for all the reasons we stated. It's a, it's a great musical. It's a silly premise done very well. It's got some great performances in it. The, the puppetry is beyond exceptional. Just from a technical perspective, if you like practical effects, you have to love this movie. You have to. It's required. Um, if you don't like musicals, you'll have to sit through some singing. But other than that, I think it's uh, yeah, it's all around fantastic. I, I love it quite a bit, and I'll definitely see it again. Is this going to be like? Is, so what's next, Mike? Are we going to watch Rocky Horror next? Is that what the, you're going? We're going to go every year. I let Tiff pick a movie. She's done <laughs> Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, Never Ending Story, and now this one. So I don't know. Eighties <laughs> is my theme so far. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I this mm-hmm. just reminds me a lot of like Rocky Horror, a movie I've actually never seen. I've never seen we it either. We okay, we'll do, do that, that sometime. We can do that. That's a good I've never movie. seen it either. What's wrong with you guys? I can't be friends with any of you, and I'm getting doors from you. Okay. And Joe, have you seen Rocky Horror? Uh, I, as much as I don't want to say it, I do not like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen I, it. Well, I, Joe will not be invited on that. I've, I've fallen asleep twice. And every time I've watched it, yeah. Have so. you been high while watching it yet? Yeah. You know what? You know what? That's fair. I might <laughs> might have to give you guys that one. I might have to try that because give me an excuse. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's do this then. Tim not, Curry is so good in it. <laughs> well, not to not to like do your show for you, uh, Mike Alberton, but oh, that's fine. we uh, we could me. just get then Tiff and my wife to do a show because my wife has seen <laughs> Rocky Horror dozens, dozens of times. She used to go to the midnight. She used to do the midnight thing where you go and dress up and all these. All the alternate lyrics and all the all the alternate lyrics and the the hand motions. And so we got else. we got a couple's episode coming up here at some point. Then, maybe maybe uh-huh, let's have, do it. maybe. So my wife knows Rocky Horror very well, and uh, we had a discussion about it last uh, two nights ago after sometime, watching this. Sometime in the future, listeners, that will happen. I will make it happen. There you <laughs> go. Because I, I I'm tr- one thing about the show is I'm trying to get movies off the list that I've never seen, and just you know, this gives me an excuse to watch movies I've never seen. So. <laughs> There you go. So that's it. Boom. Another another opportunity to schedule a show and figure out a, a, a recording. <laughs> while recording. Job, while recording for our wonderful audience. That's what they're here to I see. think people hey, like that. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, things I say. Yeah, if you're still here, 
you're you're in for the long haul. So thank you for sticking around for this wonderful discussion about Little Shop of Horrors and hopefully another wonderful discussion about Rocky Horror Picture Show. So and there Bill, it is. Where, where can people find you at? Oh, me. Oh, wow. Well, I do a, a small little show <laughs> with a dwindling listener base. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I was just, you know, Mike made that joke earlier, so I'm just going to ju- dovetail off that joke. Uh, <laughs> called A Gamer's Look at, Looks at 40. Uh, it's telling the the full stories about video games and how it affected their lives. And and uh, we're almost, uh, this is being released soon, so we are not hopefully. out of, yeah, hopefully. Uh, we well, are not out of the end of this our, month or early February, either way. Okay, well, at the end, so not just yet. The Zelda series is almost done. The light is at the end of the tunnel. The last Zelda, the last Zelda episode will be, I worked this out today, um, four, four, three oh, yeah. is the, the finale. Episode Damn. 71. Done. So if you like Legend of Zelda, I've done six months worth of episodes. Listen to them, damn it. That's a lot of Zelda, by the way. A lot of freaking Zelda. I'm so Zelda out. I finished Majora's Mask. I I won't do the same game. So usually more than one a season because I do not. And my season are 20 20 weeks. I just don't. Yeah, I I finished. I finished Majora's Mask a couple of days ago. It's great. Fantastic. And now I really should play Wind Waker. And I'm like, I just don't know if I have it in me. I don't know. I can just let this be done, can I? Looking at my list of people. Well, if you're going to play Wind Waker, I don't know if you have a Wii U, but that would be the right version to play. If you could, because it, it speeds up things. That's Yeah, I hear it does speed up things like travel. But and by the way, I'm pretty sure you're don't... playing Wind Waker the way I would be on a Steam Deck. So, and, Yeah, well, I, I will be doing the exact same thing. And make sure <laughs> it was on there today. Um, yeah, so if you like The Legend of Zelda, definitely check out those episodes. They started in October, and they're finishing up in... Uh, in April. And after that, I know exactly what series I'm doing towards the end of the year, but I'm not telling anybody. I think I told Mike. <laughs> other than yeah, I know, but I won't say. So, uh, well, because Mike's, Mike's special. <laughs> Check it out. Twitter, anywhere you find shows. A Gamer Looks at 4040. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find over 400 other episodes of Games My Mom Found. We do movies, comics, TV shows, games. We do all sorts of stuff. You can find our entire catalog on Podbean. If you can't find what you're looking for on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. 400? There's over 400. It's getting near 450. Holy freaking Cheetos. I make a lot of episodes. I have an issue. I have a problem. Yes. yes, you Podcast do. Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely go do that. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hat Sphere. You can follow her on TikTok and tell her I, I sent you. She'll send she me. You say you're in a curtain like that. I don't know. I don't know if she listened this far. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it now for hundreds of episodes. So that's all. Oh, well. And if, if you want to support the show, we do have Patreon for Little Dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll. Depending, I don't know, it'll be depending on when you hear this. So. Because it could, if I don't make it this month, it won't be accurate. But yeah, you'll go see there. Be a poll. Go check it out. <laughs> and if you want, to, you want to talk with us, we do have a Discord. You see a link in the show notes. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Ah, yeah.